In the days of Noah, everyone was living their lives. They were just doing normal things. They were having meals. They were having weddings. And just everything seemed normal all the way up until that day. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Welcome back to In Grace. I'm Jim Scudder, and here on this final day of January, uh, we're going to talk about the tribulation period, and we're going to actually talk about will the church go into the tribulation. And we're in a series called Armageddon's Dawn. It's a series that's about the end times. As you probably know, as you've been listening to the series, about one third of the Bible's prophecies are yet to be fulfilled. And about a quarter of the Bible is predictive. So that's a lot of scripture that is about the end times. And we're going to talk more today about really the first major component of the end times. If you're having a hard time understanding what I'm teaching from scripture, let me encourage you to get our Armageddon's Dawn prophecy chart. This will really help make it visual. So as we talk about the rapture, the tribulation, the millennium, uh, the the future, uh, new heaven and the new earth, all of that is graphically portrayed on this beautiful four-color prophecy chart. And it's yours for free. Just contact us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or you can go to our website at ingraceradio.com. And there you'll also find some other great prophecy resources. We have an eight-part video series, a 43-part sermon series, Armageddon's Dawn. And so I think these will all be a blessing to you. Also, let me remind you, tonight is our TBN broadcast cast in grace and we would love for you to watch tonight at 6:30 eastern time 5:30 central time you can also find it anytime on youtube or Roku. We have channels on both of those streaming services, and all you have to do is search for In Grace. When you find us on YouTube, by the way, would you do me a favor so more people can hear the gospel? If you would subscribe and click on the bell to get alerts, you can comment on the videos, you can give us a thumbs up. All of those things help the algorithm so that YouTube will send it to more people, and that will reach more people with the gospel. So I hope that today you are ready to study Bible prophecy as we are in a series called Armageddon's Dawn. There's a man in India, 27-year-old, that made a YouTube video. Raphael Samuel is his name. And he announced on a YouTube video that he was intending to sue his parents. And the reason was, he said, He was born without consent. If we are born without our consent, he said, we should be maintained for our life. We should be paid by our parents to live. I want everyone in India and the world to realize one thing, that they're born without their consent. I want them to understand that they don't owe their parents anything. He said to children, I would like to say, do not do anything for your parents. If you don't want to, if you want to, if you truly, genuinely feel like doing it, then do it. It has been said that he is a follower of a 
increasingly popular idea called antinatalism. This idea that it's morally wrong for people to procreate. Despite his intent to sue, Raphael says his parents have no hard feelings toward him. <laughs> I wonder if that's true. While he actually loves them. He says, I love my parents and we have a great relationship. But they had me for their joy and pleasure. The very end of this story is the best. Because they quote the mother. Allegedly, the mother welcomes the challenge and said, I must admire my son's temerity to take his parents to court knowing that we're both lawyers. <laughs> I wonder how that is going to end. I really do. We live in a really mixed up world. Just when you think you've heard it all, then we have this idea that no one should be brought into the world. Which I think after about 80 to 100 years, that would show itself to have failed if everybody did it. Anyways, I love the fact that I was brought into the world even though I didn't consent because I have a chance to know God and to know him and to serve him and to love him. I am so happy that I had parents that shared with me the truth that there is a God, that he loves us, that the Son of God, Jesus, came and died for us on a cross and rose again, and I put my trust in him when I was young. And I was born again in, at that very moment. And the Bible says that right now, those that have done that are sons of God. 1 John 3, 2, beloved, now are we sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, that is Jesus, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This is the next event on the prophetic calendar, the rapture of the church. We are living in the church age. This started at Pentecost. It will end at the rapture. We don't know when that will be, but that's the next event on God's prophetic calendar. Sometime, I believe, very shortly after that, we have what's called the tribulation, a seven-year period of God pouring out judgments upon the earth. And while he's doing that, you still hear about salvation. You still hear about God's plan to save the world and save the people from our sins. But when people reject that, eventually this all has to come to an end. Eventually God has to say enough is enough. And he will with a series of judgments that will come upon the earth, the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the bold judgments, the antichrist, a false peace. The second is called the great tribulation, the second half, but it's all the tribulation. It is all a period of intense judgment upon the earth. So the question that we're going to ask today is, will the church go through the tribulation? And there are 
three schools of theology of thought on this. Some believe that we are raptured before the tribulation. That's what we believe. That's what I'm positive the scripture teaches. Again, these are issues that we have a little bit of room within Christianity on these issues. And you have a right to be wrong, uh, but we're not going to make it a big deal. But I, I do want to teach you from the word today why we hold to what's called a pre-tribulational rapture view. But we also believe that Jesus is coming again. And this is pretty much all Christians believe that Jesus will come again. So we have this chart and rapture is the next thing. Uh, Jesus is coming back at the end of the seven-year period of tribulation. We have after that, and this is called Armageddon, and our series is called Armageddon's Dawn. It's a series of battles that will finally put down Satan and the rebellion of the world. Satan will be bound a thousand years. We call this the kingdom reign, the 1,000 year rule and reign of Jesus on the throne of David, peace and righteousness, a final rebellion that proves that even under perfect circumstances, sin can still come back because it's not the devil's fault, it's not the world's fault, sin is our fault. And then finally that is all put down and uh, the sinners into an everlasting lake of fire, those that have not been redeemed by the blood of the lamb, and then God will create a new heaven and a new earth on into eternity. So that's the prophetic chart in its entirety and some other details of that. Back to the rapture of the church. We went over this last week, but let me give you again 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That is one of the main scriptures that teach this important doctrine of the rapture. Although the word is not found in the scripture, the concept certainly is, the doctrine certainly is in multiple places, and we covered all that last week. But let's review again 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So those that have died in faith, and every time we have a funeral, someone that died in faith, we remember this, that we will see them bodily at the rapture. They'll be going first. You say, why? Because they have six feet farther to come. Then we which are alive and remain, so there's gonna be a group of Christians that are alive at this time that will not face physical death. It's been a popular thing to say, I'm not waiting for an undertaker, I'm waiting for an upper taker. And I hope that's true for me. I hope it's true for you. Because that would be a great thing, right? We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with those that have passed in the faith in the clouds, so this is a return of the Lord for his saints in the air. Don't confuse that with the second coming. This is the rapture. These are separated by seven years. To meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So that is the rapture of the church. Now, what we're gonna do today is answer the question, will the church go through the tribulation? And I gave you a lot of reasons why I don't believe that we will. Let me give you a few more today, and I'll end with the major part of this message is on a prophecy in Daniel. We call it the 70 weeks of Daniel. We're gonna get into that, and I believe that is the most conclusive evidence that we will not be in the rapture. We'll look at Daniel 9 in a bit. But first of all, 
understand from Luke 17, verses 26 and 27, that the rapture occurs during a time of relative peace and prosperity, it seems. The rapture is not at that point. The world is not under the judgment of God, according to this verse. Let's look at it. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. Now we take that in one way, as wicked as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be as wicked in the days today. And the Bible says the earth was filled with violence. And it finally God just had to say, enough is enough. He made a way of salvation. Anyone on that earth could have been saved on that ark. But although they heard the preaching of Noah for all those years, everyone except for his family rejected it. How would you like to be a preacher with no converts in all of that time? But you know what? It's not how many converts, is it? It's how faithful you are to the word of God. Keep that in mind. But it's also in the days of Noah, everyone was living their lives. They were just doing normal things. They were having meals. They were having weddings. And just everything seemed normal all the way up until that day. So this is really the primary meeting here. They did in verse 27. They did eat. They drank. They married wives. They were given in marriage unto the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. If you want to learn more about the Bible's end-time prophecies, In Grace and Pastor Jim Scudder have great resources that will help you. First, we have a large prophecy chart that we will send you absolutely free. And when you give a gift of any amount, you'll also receive our eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, filmed in Israel. This series will give you a visual experience that will transport you to the very places mentioned in Revelation. We also would like to send you Pastor Jim's entire 43-sermon audio series, Armageddon's Dawn, on CD or MP3 for gifts of $30. Don't miss out on this opportunity to enrich your understanding of biblical prophecy. Contact In Grace today at 800-78-GRACE. That's 800-78-GRACE. Visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to In Grace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Get your free prophecy chart and unlock the secrets of the end times today. There's no way for us to know when this will happen. It seems like it's going to be soon. I hope it's going to be today. But Jesus is coming again and we believe it to be soon, but nobody knows when. Verse 44, therefore be ye also, what? Ready. That is the beauty of the pre-tribulational rapture view. It's the only view that is truly speaking of imminence. That the rapture can happen at any moment. If rapture happens in the middle, I can tell you when it's going to happen. It's going to happen when the Antichrist desecrates the temple, the rebuilt temple of the Jews. If it happens at the end of the tribulation, I can tell you it's seven years from the signing of the peace treaty or three and a half years from the desecration of the temple. I know when the rapture is going to be, but the Bible says no man knows. So it has to be at the beginning, before the tribulation starts. And then 2 Peter 3.10 tells us that the Lord will come as a thief in the night. How many of you have ever got a knock on the door about 10, 10.30, and you open the door, and there's a guy that's there, and he says, you know what, um, about 2 in the morning, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to steal everything. Just so you know, 
And I just wanted to make sure you understand that's what's going to happen. And he leaves. Now, he's not going to be a very successful thief, is he? No, thieves don't announce their presence. They don't make a reservation, right? They're very careful to not let anyone know that they're coming. And the Bible says the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. If you ever saw that old Christian movie, Thief in the Night, man, that scared me when I was a kid. People driving around in a van looking for people after the rapture. It just, wow, those things leave impressions on your mind. The return of Christ is sudden. It's without warning. It's without prediction. Think about what's going to happen at that very moment. What's going to happen? Well, I always think about a pilot, an airplane without a pilot. And if there's two people that are born again in the cockpit, maybe that's something, if you're not saved, you better check before you get on that airplane. Ask if both of them have been born again. And if they have and you're not saved, don't get on that airplane. How about a train without an engineer? How about a car without a driver? And and if we're talking hundreds of thousands of people, who knows how many people are born again, but I think it, it has to be a sizable number. It's not everybody. It's not as many people as think they're born again or think they name the name of Christ. Just because you say the name of Christ doesn't mean you're born again. Born again is put your trust in him and him alone. And it, when you do that, you have eternal life. There's a lot of people that go to church twice a year and they think they're good enough and they're fine and they're not. But how many people are truly born again? I don't know. I hope a lot. I hope millions. I don't know. But I certainly know it's going to be a decent-sized number. It's going to impact this globe. Think of 9-11. What an impact those four airplanes had. And I know it's 3,000 people that perished, but it was pretty isolated to Washington and to New York, but it affected us here. All the airplanes were grounded. The stock market's in trouble and the the gas prices are going up. Can you imagine the calamity on the scale of millions of people disappearing instantly? What that's going to do to this world? Maybe a surgeon in the middle of surgery is gone. Maybe leaders of countries will be gone. I hope that happens here. I'm not so sure sometimes how many of our leaders would be raptured. But it's going to cause a lot of turmoil, riots, looting, fear, certainly martial law. Don't you think this will be the perfect opportunity for someone to step into that vacuum and take over the leadership of the world? Someone that will have all the answers? There's a big push today toward globalism, and that's only going to increase. And we do believe that that will lead up into the Antichrist taking over. So the rapture, just incredible. If this is going to happen, we believe it's going to happen. We believe it's going to happen soon. Are you ready? Now let's talk about that very last piece of what I call kind of the the scriptures that we put together. And this one I think is really, really important. Let's look at the prophecy of the 70 weeks of Daniel. We will probably return to this prophecy. It's found in Daniel chapter 9. We'll return to this prophecy in another sermon, but here is an amazing prophecy in the scripture. Daniel chapter 9, it says in verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy 
people. So let me ask you a quick question. If Gabriel is talking to Daniel the prophet, Daniel the prophet is, of course, Jewish. Who are thy people? It has to be the Jewish people. So 70 weeks are determined upon thy people, Jewish people, and upon thy holy city, which would be Jerusalem, okay? So this is about the Jewish people and Jerusalem. What are 70 weeks? Well, the word week here is Shabua in Hebrew. Shabua is a word that means unit of measurement. It doesn't mean necessarily a week. It means a unit of sevens. We have a word dozen. It's a unit of 12, okay? So this is a, a unit of uh, when we say dozen, it could mean eggs, it could mean, you know, chocolate, it could mean whatever. So what does Shabuah mean? A unit of sevens, a sevens of what? Days, weeks, years? Well, the context, if you look at Daniel 9, what was he studying? What was he talking to the Lord about? He was talking about the prophecy of Jeremiah that this captivity would last 70 years, the captivity of Israel. Why 70 years? Because for a certain amount of time, they neglected to do what God said with the Sabbath of the land. You're supposed to let the land rest one year, every seven years. And they didn't do that. So God said, okay, if you're not gonna give me what's mine, I'm gonna take what's mine. Boy, there's a principle for you today. I'm not gonna get into that right now, but let's do what God says. That way we can be blessed and we don't have to face these types of things in our life. And he's going to get it either way, folks, okay? So 70 years, and that's the amount of time that they were in captivity, and now they're starting to go back. But we're talking about years here. Now, this is different. 70 weeks here in Daniel, this is the prophecy from God to Daniel to say, look, just because the 70 years are over and people are going back doesn't mean that everything's now fine with Israel. No, there was a ton of problems with Israel. There wasn't going to be unity or following the Lord. They had some times of that, but man, they had problem after problem after problem. They were from the point of Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, all the way through the time of Christ under Gentile oppression, the times of the Gentiles. Just because they were going to go back to the land, God is trying to tell Daniel that, no, there are still troublous times ahead for the Jewish people. And now we have a length of those troublous times where God is trying to bring them to a certain place that's going to last 70 weeks or 70 units of seven. We're going to pause right there we really need you to listen tomorrow on our Thursday edition of In Grace to, to talk more about the, the complexity, but yet it's really not that complex when we start to study the seven-year tribulation period and the Bible's prediction of that. So I really encourage you to tune in again to learn more about Daniel 70 weeks. Daniel chapter nine is so important. Before we go, I wanna tell you about two things. First, we're gonna be in 
Arizona this Saturday. We're excited because we get to leave the cold of Chicago and our team, my wife and I and our team will be in the Phoenix area at an event called Gather in Grace. We may have some free tickets left. I'm not sure. You can check our website, ingraceradio.com. We'll be there teaching about the end times. I'll be giving away some gifts and some food and just want to meet you. And so go to ingraceradio.com. We also have some great Bible prophecy resources on Armageddon's Dawn, a free prophecy chart, an eight-part video series, and a 43-part sermon series. We would love to get in your hands this critical information so you will be better equipped for what's coming in the future. You can call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. Are you ready for an end times journey of biblical proportions? Get the stunning Armageddon's Dawn Prophecy Chart for free. Or give any amount and receive the incredible Armageddon's Dawn eight-part video series. Plus, you can order the 43-part audio preaching series. Contact InGrace today at 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.